Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'm joined today by our Editor and Product Coordinator, Carla Accordo, and our Associate Editor, Jess Flugel. Today's show will provide a glimpse behind the scenes of all things Actus in a more casual, conversational format than our other podcast series, and it will also feature an interview with an Actus member involved with the association. Today's topic is mortality reviews, and we're joined by Keisha Downs, BSN, RN, CCDS, CCS, MBA, HM. Keisha is the director of CDI for Tufts Medicine Hospital System based in Boston, Massachusetts. With an eclectic CDI career, she has held roles as a concurrent CDI reviewer, consultant, educator, manager, and now, of course, director. Under her leadership, she helped merge three hospital-based CDI departments into one corporate model and led the team through a four-system update that included a new system EHR. She is a member of Actus and AHIMA, serves on the 2022-2023 Actus CDI Leadership Council and the Current Terms Council Mastermind Group, and she was privileged to be a co-author on the 2022 update to the Actus AHIMA Guidelines for Achieving a Compliant Query Practice Brief. Additionally, she has presented at Actus conferences on topics surrounding CDI and quality. Keisha has been a nurse for 20 years, attaining her BSN from Liberty University and her MBA in Healthcare Administration from Western Governors University. Welcome to the show, Keisha. Since we're going to be talking about mortality reviews today, I wanted to provide a bit of context based on our most recent Actus survey data and articles surrounding the subject. According to an ongoing survey within the Actus CDI Leadership Council, more than 64% review mortalities and nearly 47% said that their entire CDI team, rather than a subset, reviews either all mortalities or at least those that have a severity of illness and risk of mortality score below a 4 and a 4. Reviewing mortality cases that are not kind of maxed out, so to speak, on their SOI and ROM scores generally represents a natural starting point for those CDI programs tasked with reviewing mortality cases in the first place. Instead of attempting to boil the ocean by reviewing all mortalities, many teams focus on those cases that can have a clear impact on their organization's expected mortality rate to improve the ratio of observed or actual mortality to the expected mortality. As I know, Keisha will echo, however, just because you start with just the cases with room for movement doesn't mean that you're going to stop there. Understanding mortality reviews and appropriate capture of patients' true SOI and ROM will inevitably influence how your team handles reviews of cases where the patient did not expire. Accurate risk capture is ultimately part of ensuring the integrity of the medical record, which of course is the ultimate goal of CDI's work, and mortality reviews offer a natural entry point to begin seeing your reviews with an eye toward the bigger picture beyond traditional metrics that may be more financially driven in nature. With that bit of background laid, just a quick reminder before we jump into our conversation about the fact that the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after airing, which can be used towards your CCDS or CCDSO recertification requirements. 
We will share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. So thanks again for joining me today, Keisha. I'm really excited to sit down with you to discuss mortality reviews. And to start us off, could you just share a bit with our audience about your team and how you first ended up involved in the mortality review process at Tufts? Of course, and thank you so much for having me, Linnea. Um, The Tufts Medicine um, CDI team consists of 25 professionals. Um, We have nurses, coders, um, and a medical doctor as a CDI educator. Um, The mortality review process is currently in place at our academic medical center, which is Tufts Medical Center in Boston. Um, I first became involved in the mortality review process uh, when it was identified by the CMO, who was also the chief quality officer, um, that there were patients that had expired, but they didn't appear very sick. Um, And he was pretty much asking if there was an opportunity for CDI to identify documentation opportunities um, for accurate reflection. Um, So I went in, I did a second level review, and those patients all had maxed out DRGs. Um, Their SOI and um, ROM were um, four over four. So um, we were kind of puzzled. We were confused. I would imagine so. And I I know I've heard you talk about this a little bit before. And I always think of you saying that you got, quote unquote, the dreaded phone call. (laughs) Can you look into this? So uh, (laughs) good on you for jumping into that. Um, You never know what you're going to find there. So um, obviously, the, the story doesn't really end there. And these types of projects are never isolated to something that CDI can tackle solo. So did you have to collaborate with any other departments, either from like the data and information side or for actually working out the nuts and bolts of the process? And then if so, could you just tell us a little bit about those relationships? Definitely. CDI is rarely a one team show. Um, So first we had to understand where the CMO was obtaining this data from, Um, that stated that these patients were not very sick because, you know, from my review and from um, others' review, they were pretty optimized. Um, So this exploration led to a collaboration with the quality department um, to learn the risk models and variables that were being used to identify um, the acuity of the patients. Um, So after understanding the risk variables, we understood that we needed to complete code capture um, was very vital. So we enlisted the HIM and coding department to join um, our team so that we can better understand and make sure that um, the codes are being captured appropriately. Um, To have a better understanding of the clinical picture of the patient and to identify um, care initiatives that could be changed or implemented, uh, we also had a physician advisor um, come and join the team as well. That's awesome. I I feel like Any project like this, like the more departments you can involve, the more complete your results are going to be, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you could have done something with CDI probably by yourself, but having that HIM coding department join in and having the physician advisor in your corner, I would imagine allowed you to really take that project another step in a way you might not have been able to do so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I... I know that risk variables that 
tell kind of the story of the patient's severity of illness, go, they go beyond SOI and ROM scores that are kind of traditionally the focus of those, these mortality reviews too. But it's really impossible to boil the ocean, so to speak, with limited resources. So how did you decide what to focus on? What risk variables proved kind of the most impactful for your mortality reviews? You know, that's so true. And, and I love the analogy of, you know, trying to boil the ocean because there's no way for us to um, really attack everything. So what we had to do is we had to understand the risk models themselves um, in which the patient's um, expected mortality was being based on. Um, so from understanding those risk models and the variables that were um, within the risk models, um, we determined which um, risk variables were most frequently found across the numerous risk models. Um, and we decided to consider those um, to be, you know, upfront on um, our query opportunity radar. So um, a lot of education was put into the team to make sure they understood um, that those diagnoses were just as important as any of the other query opportunities that they may identify. So the risk variables um, that are most impactful for us um, at Tufts um, are usually like weight status related diagnoses. So um, not just um, malnutrition, but cachexia, um, even obesity may um, contribute to those. Um, electrolyte imbalances, organ failures, um, and the capture of DNR status. Um, there was also um, has been hospital-wide initiatives to better identify and utilize inpatient hospice um, because if a patient expires and then they're considered inpatient hospice, they no longer fall into um, those data um, um, areas where we're trying to determine how we've optimized. That's a great point. And I think um, the hospice piece and the palliative care piece has really been something I feel like I've heard people talk about more over the last maybe couple years now, um, as, you know, we sort of come out of the hunkering down due to COVID, um, people are starting to expand again into things like mortality reviews and other sort of quality reviews. And that, that hospice and palliative care piece, I think, is um, a new conversation for a lot of people that's really a valuable one to have. So I'm glad you mentioned that. For sure. So, Obviously, you can't really isolate like one type of review and not have it affect how you do the rest of your job. So how has your journey with these mortality reviews changed the way that you see maybe the more traditional CDI reviews? It, like, are there things that your team does now that weren't being done before venturing into this area? How has that made a difference for your reviews of patients who maybe didn't expire? So this review process and just um, taking this approach um, has really opened my eyes to the different hats that we wear when we're reviewing a case, you know, depending on what we're reviewing and how we're reviewing, um, there's different hats or different lenses that we use um, to focus on how to optimize that account. So um, the old school traditional way of CC and CC capture or even SOI and ROM optimization uh, we really have to, and then, you know, kind of optimize those things and then move on to the next case. Um, you know, that does not fully capture and address the complete clinical picture and acuity of patients. And, you know, we're in a space where there's a shift from fee for service and just being, um, being reimbursed for the care that's provided 
um, to a more of a um, value-based healthcare and that the care and ultimately the reimbursement of our patients um, is evidence-based and measured based off of risk adjustment, quality, and patient outcomes. Um, so this shift has required a shift in the team's reviews as well to include queries that are both you know, reimbursement-driven and integrity-driven, but also quality-driven. Um, it is important to ensure all medical records reflect the same quality-driven documentation. So while a patient who does not expire, um, they may not receive that fine-tooth-comb review, um, but the risk models are considered when identifying query opportunities because those risk models are based off of the entire patient population um, and not just the patients who expired. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, um, I think in that regard, even if the mortality reviews is sort of a, a smaller scale project, like you don't maybe do review all mortalities, maybe you're just reviewing the ones that don't kind of max out at the four and the four for SOI and ROM, it really does change the way I think you look at the rest of your reviews and understand the reviews from a risk adjustment standpoint um, beyond just your sort of traditional um, CDI reviews. I think it can be very valuable. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that has been mm -hmm. the case. <laughs> um, so obviously, it, it kind of the, the million dollar question with anything like this is about data. So what data have you tracked to kind of prove the efficacy of your mortality review process? Have you seen any positive trends in those metrics over time? And then I'd love to end on a positive note and hear about maybe your most exciting win. Oh, yeah. So, you know, with anything that you do, we have to be able to show that we're making an impact and, you know, kind of the result of um, all the energy and, you know, in this case, all the different resources that we're kind of bringing into the table. Um, so at Tufts Medical Center, uh, we track the mortality index um, and we um, track the observed versus expected mortality rate. Um, so what we've noticed since we've implemented, um, you know, kind of adjusting how we um, approach these reviews and doing more thorough reviews is that our mortality index remains at or below our set goal of 1.0. Um, when we first, um, when I, when I got that dreaded phone call from the um, CMO, um, our, our mortality index was at, you know, greater than 1.2. So it was, um, it was quite significant. So thankfully we haven't seen those type of indexes since we've, um, implemented this, um, new process. Um, also we, um, um, we track the expected mortality ratio ratio and make sure that it exceeds, um, the observed mortality ratio. Um, and what that means is that we're able to reflect the whole patient population as having a high acuity. And, you know, it kind of, for lack of better words, justifies um, when a patient expires. So, you know, what we're looking at is, is how have we reflected how sick the patients, all of the patients who come in um, are. And then when we do have those unfortunate events when the patient expires, um, you know, how do they match against the entire patient population? So I think, honestly, the, the most exciting win um, has been to finally understand how to interpret these risk models. Um, it took a lot of time, a lot of energy, um, a lot of collaboration um, to really understand how these risk models work, um, what's important, how we should be interpreting it, how should we approach um, these reviews. 
Um, how do we adjust our workflow and um, get internal expertise to um, to be able to interpret and to be able to reflect this into our um, our day to day reviews? So being able to interpret it and then from that seeing the positive impact um, on our data. So actually seeing the numbers trend the way that they're supposed to, um, and then being able to share our approach with other CDI teams. Um, I think it's easy to feel like you're the only team struggling with something um, when it's a new CDI process or a concept that um, you just think is not really spoken of much in the CDI community. Um, so I love to be able to, you know, bring this to the table and, you know, almost validate um, frustrations that everyone may have about, you know, a, that approach, um, but then also, you know, be that support and that resource. So. Um, if anything, I think this has just been a great um, experience being able to share the, the success that we've had with those reviews. Absolutely. And I think, I, I know you've heard people say this within the council, and I'm sure you've said it as well on the leadership council, but one of the beautiful things about CDI is that people are so willing to share their experiences. Um, uh-huh. Not that you can share everything, you know, all the details of your program, nor would it be appropriate to do so in in some circumstances, but it's, it's a very open profession and people are very willing to share not only their wins, but also their struggles. And that is a, a really beautiful thing on either if you're on the receiving end or on the giving end of that equation. Um, so I, I love that answer as your big win. It's very heartwarming to me about the profession. <laughs> um, so we have kind of reached the end of our, our conversation today, Keisha, but thank you so much. This has been so helpful and I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. As always, if our audience has any questions about the topic, you can feel free to email the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. And I will also put that email address in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app so that you can grab it directly from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. This year, this week, of course, is a special edition update since I'm joined by Carla and Jess. And per usual, we have lots of stuff going on around Actus, and we've really hit the ground running in 2023. Uh, first, I would like to start by letting everyone know that the January call for board and committee volunteer applications opened last week with the January 12th edition of CDI Strategies. So if you are interested in any of the following volunteer opportunities, we encourage you to throw your hat in the ring. First, the Actus Advisory Board is calling for applicants. This group provides leadership, expertise, and an industry voice for the Actus membership. Do note that board members are ultimately elected by a popular vote of Actus members after the general application period closes. So it's a little bit longer of a process than our other groups are. Secondly, we're looking for volunteers for the Forms and Tools Committee, which reviews materials donated to the Actus community for publication in the resource library for accuracy, compliance, relevance, and effectiveness. And then finally, the chapter advisory board is looking for new members. That group serves as liaisons between local chapter leaders and Actus National Administration by participating on chapter leadership conference calls, promoting best practice, and providing guidance to leaders across the country. 
That application will stay open till Friday, February 10th. And as always, we do recommend submitting your application as early as possible so that you don't have to scramble right before the deadline. I know we've all been there and it's not fun. And of course, the committee application is not even the only thing happening this month. There's a bunch of other stuff. So Carla, I know that you're busily working on all things conference right now. Could you tell us a little bit about all of that fun? <laughs> Absolutely. I would say um, my life is all things conference right now. So for those of you who don't know, the 2023 Actus Conference returns this May and we're in an exciting new city. It's Chicago this year. It'll be taking place from May 8th to the 11th and we've just released the full agenda. You can visit actus.org slash national dash conference to view it. Before the conference, we'll also be hosting the Actus Symposium Outpatient CDI, a two-day event designed specifically for outpatient CDI professionals. This is the first time we've been able to hold this event in person since 2019, so we're all really excited. We'll also be hosting a pre-conference designed specifically for physician advisors. So there's lots of opportunities to network with your peers. Additionally, if you're looking to save on conference registration, now's your chance. There's just a little over a week left to submit an application for a poster. Selected poster creators receive $200 off conference admission for one person per posters. Posters explain how you or your organization have successfully implemented a new procedure, offered unique education, instituted new collaboration, or successfully achieved any of your goals. This is the perfect chance to connect with your CDI community as creators have an opportunity to chat with passers-by during a designated networking break at the conference. Plus, all creators who attend the conference can earn four CEUs. The link to the application can be found in today's show notes and closes on January 30th. Finally, if you're looking to get involved but you're not quite comfortable with public speaking, consider nominating a colleague for an Actus Achievement Award. Recipients of these awards are honored at an award ceremony during one of our opening sessions at the conference. We're currently accepting nominations for the following categories, CDI Professional of the Year, Recognition of CDI Professional Achievement, Excellence in Provider Engagement, Rookie of the Year, Diversity in CDI, and our inaugural Melissa Varnavis Spirit of Service Award. You can read full descriptions of each of the awards and nominate a colleague using the link in today's show notes. We do promise the nomination form is quick. It's designed to be easy, so don't let that deter you. It should take just a few minutes. And again, this is an excellent opportunity to recognize the efforts, the achievements, accomplishments of someone in CDI. Please note, however, that the nominations will close on January 30th as well. So if you've got someone in mind, don't wait. Nominate them today. Thanks, Linnea, for the opportunity to let everybody know what exciting things are going on at Actus 2023 this year. Anytime. I know for me, the Achievement Awards always make me emotional, even mm-hmm. though even if I don't know the people, like <laughs> whoever's getting an award, I will tear up at some point. Um, so it really is a, a great honor for nominees and a great way to recognize your colleagues for the excellent work that they do um, that I think a lot of times does go unnoticed or not unnoticed, but unrecognized. Um, Definitely. It's one of my favorite parts of the conference. Like you said, watching people accept the awards and knowing that it's the people that work with them every day that wanted them to have that 
recognition is just so it's such an amazing experience it's so cool to see it absolutely is and it's it's something about um the fact that it is peer nominated is really beautiful um Mm -hmm. it's not us here at actus uh selecting these people and deciding you know this is the person that deserves an award we all know some really deserving people but it's the people that are working with them day in and day out and really know their dedication to cdi who are recognizing them so it's a it's a great honor for them and it's just a joy to experience live and in person um (laughs) so i definitely definitely recommend people go ahead and nominate your peers. It's, it's well worth it. Of course. And I, I, you know, in a normal month, just doing all of those things would be plenty of things, but we've got more going on. Um, and I know, uh, for Jess and I, it feels like it's been ages because our publication schedule just keeps us busily working on the next thing just at all times. But we also did publish a new edition of the CDI journal this month, which is crazy to think about. And I know you just did the primary work on that edition for which I am quite grateful. Um, so could you tell us a bit about the new edition and all the, you know, back to basics information we covered in it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the big articles I worked on, I covered the experiences of three different CDI professionals who broke into the industry, um, but it was from diverse backgrounds, which was really cool to uh, to learn about. It was an HIM leader, a nurse with a coding certification, uh, and a clinical data analyst. Uh, that kind of sounds like the start of a joke, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but it shows through their stories uh, like how many different roads in the healthcare profession can lead to CDI. Um, but throughout the edition, there's a lot of, um, there's a variety of topics. I worked on a case study covering what a quality reviewer is and what they do, um, as well as one about how to construct a compliant query template, which is probably a good basic for anyone to review. Um, and of course, there were lots of great guest writers who wrote on things like knowing your limits in CDI, creating evidence-based productivity standards, um, even one working on your emotional intelligence, which I found really cool. Um, but yeah, there's even more great topics than that. So you'll all just have to sneak a peek yourself to see them on our website. Um, but Linnea is right. We're already diving into the next edition right now. Um, I just recently interviewed a lot of people for um, a news article uh, just focus on outpatient CDI and how that's been going for uh, the industry at the moment. So this edition is looking at expansion on conventional settings, CDI opportunities. Um, so we'd love to hear more from people on topics like that, um, which I know was uh, mortality reviewing was talked about at the start of the show. So that's uh, definitely one of them that we'd love to get people's um, input on. So the deadline for submitting an article, if you would like to, for this upcoming edition is February 1st. So you've got some time if you're passionate about a topic that would be under this umbrella, um, or of course, anything that you're interested in, um, we can, we'll find a place to fit it in. Uh, feel free to reach out if you would like to write something, um, or if you have any questions for us. And I think that our general email, actus-inquiries at simplycompliance.com is probably the best place to reach us on that. And we'd love to help you. Yeah. And I, I really do want to encourage people to much like the achievement awards, like put yourself out there. Like it's, we are happy to work with you. The reason that we have a team of editors is, and I tell my council members 
this all the time. We are going to make you look good. Like we don't want you to <laughs> struggle um, <laughs> with an article. Um, exactly. We want it to be fun <laughs> and a rewarding experience. And um, we do offer CEUs for articles that are published in the journal as well. So another way to to get your CEUs all squared away for your recertification process. Um, and frankly, I just think we're fun to work with. So. Um, I think everybody should send articles in. And that is in... Well, you're certainly fun to work with. Well, thank you. It's in no way a selfish (laughs) desire that I want people to send articles in at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm sure that we could probably sit here all day and talk about a million more things going going on around Actis. And that is uh, maybe for a different day. I think we'll, we'll stop with those... It's even more than three. I know there's only three of us, but we talked about a lot more than three items today. Um, but that is all. Never a dull moment. <laughs> Never. And in fact, I feel like every year we talk about, wow, why is January so hectic? And every year we're trying to like, move <laughs> stuff out of January and it just never works. So um, we hope that everybody's New Year's off to a less hectic start than ours around here, but at least it's exciting. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Um, So those are all the updates that we'll have time to cover today. But as always, all the links and the opportunities that we talked about today are going to be in today's show notes, which you can find on the show page at actus.org or on your podcast app of choice. And as Jess and Carla both said, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions at that actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com address. As a reminder before we close out, the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs per episode, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of publication. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org located under the resources tab and follow the instructions in the show notes for today's episode. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting the brief evaluation. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, January 20th at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. If you were to listen to all of the episodes this year and claim all the CEUs for our podcast episodes in 2023, you'll have earned 13 free CEUs for the year. With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, February 1st for our next show, which will be part of our Leadership with Linnea series. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone.